Welcome inside another edition of the Mortgage Impact Podcast. My name is Jen Bates. I'm the Communications Manager at Movement Mortgage, and I help produce this here podcast uh, that we're pretty proud of. Guys, going on almost a couple years now and uh, trying to bring you the best information, the most timely information, stuff that can help you grow your business, sustain your business, and um, just be better in the mortgage space. And we are thankful to have a very strong relationship with one of the best in the business, Barry Habib of MBS Highway. And Barry recently hopped on to our Facebook group for our loan officers uh, and talked live with them through refinances, where we are now, where are we going in the next six to 12 months, where he sees the market going, how you should set up your business to be proactive about it. And it's just fantastic information. The discussion is led by one of our own Ryan Hills and Jake Failing. And this is the start of a short series. So for the next few podcasts here on the MIP, you'll hear Barry's advice. And again, we are so grateful for him. So here you go. Hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. It's Jake Failing. I'm here with Barry Habib, founder and CEO of MBS Highway, and our boy Ryan Hills, repping the brand in a big, big way, greater Seattle area, market leader. But many of you also know him as the host of the RE Source. So welcome to On Deck with Barry Habib. So just really quick, let me set the stage because this is the first episode. We're going to do these. Jen is off camera now. I think we're going to do it a couple times a month. Basically, whenever Barry says he's game to help us out, uh, I'll host, Jen will host, Adam O'Daniel will host, and then we'll have a co-host like Ryan come on. But at the end of the day, this is all about bringing Barry on. He has been so, so gracious with his time. Um, we are huge fans of Barry, and we're just lucky that he'll give us 15 minutes for these quick-hitting these, these topics are at the forefront of everyone's minds. And you've, like, if you've been watching our resource, you've seen Ryan and Barry talk about this. The topic today is do we refi now or later, or is it now and later? So with that, I'm going to kick it over to Ryan, who might frame the question a little bit better than that, and then we'll get Barry going. Thanks, Jake. Barry, again, thanks so much for giving us your time today. It's so, it's so nice that you do that for us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's get into it, man. Um, my question, and I'm sure a lot of LOs are trying to figure out, like, the refis are here now and they're plentiful. Like we, we are grabbing as much as we can. And my question is, do we continue to do that? Or do we have, you know, do we, do we play the long game? Cause I know purchase business at some point is going to be the main focus. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to be this year. Probably do not. Is it 2021? What's the strategy if we're a smart LO and we want to play the long game and maybe do both refi and purchase? What do you, what are your thoughts on that, man? Well, thanks, right? It's always good to be with you, Jake and Jen. Thank you, guys. Um, and hey, everybody, moving people. You're like family to me. So, uh, Jake, this is a privilege to be here with you guys always. So thank you. Um, so first of all, Rye, great question. And, you know, Jake, you, you really kind of framed this with so many great things. So let's try and take it apart step by step. So first of all, you're right, uh, Ryan. We are in a position where refinances will always be there, especially if you use debt consolidation. It's something you have to be thinking about because so much equity in homes it really doesn't matter what the rate is if you just structure the debts correctly. So that's a real big plus for us this time around, even if rates increase and they're going to a little bit, they're not gonna go crazy, they're gonna increase a little bit. But what we have to do is we have to be really smart now to maximize and capitalize this opportunity. We also have to really start thinking about the future. So what's gonna happen with interest rates will really dictate a lot of the stuff that happens with refinances. And this is the talk you should be having with your customers. Listen, I know right now, turn times everywhere. You're not alone if you're experiencing a bit of a delay in term times. This is everywhere. Everybody's got the same issue. 
And that's because you can't just poof, create an underwriter. You can't say, oh, I'm going to make a processor tomorrow. You know, it takes a long time. Think about how long it took you to learn this business, right? So you can't just hire somebody that's new and expect them to come in and run if they haven't been experienced in the mortgage industry. So what do you do? You're stealing from the same pool of people. And what people are trying to do is steal them to come over and you hope that you don't lose somebody. So this is the battle that is going on. So while we have some issues and problems, let's just remember that these are really high class problems and we're in a great position right now. So thank God we have these problems. Remember 18, 19 months ago when everybody's talking about margin compression and we were talking about you know, things being not as busy as we'd like. So let's prevent that from happening in the future. So first things first, how do we maximize this opportunity? How do we improve our turn times? Really, it's up to you. Imagine if everybody on your company were judicious on the refinances that they took in. What I mean by that is, you know, you, listen, we want to help everybody, but sometimes should we go after this transaction that's going to take four or five hours to get through underwriting and difficulty and processing because they're a very complex transaction. Look, purchases, that's like an arranged marriage. You got to go through with it and you hope you fall in love, right? But a <laughs> refinance, you could kind of pick and choose a little bit there. So think about that. Secondly, are you having to talk with your customers? Are you explaining to your customers that this is a gift? This is the opportunity that you have right now that can be taken away from you before you've even had a chance to unwrap the gift that can be taken away from you. And that's because interest rates may change. And they don't have to go up to six or 7%. What would your business look like if rates went to three and three quarters? Now, four months ago, that was the best rate on the planet ever. Right. But if you just get back to that level, would that affect, would that change your business? And the thing that we've got to remember, team, is that what we need to do now is express to our customers that this is an opportunity. This is something they can't be cavalier. They can't be lackadaisical about. And what we have to do is explain to them why can things change? I'll tell you why. Number one, what if we find really good, let's pray to God, we get it. Good news on the virus, probably help stocks, probably hurt bonds, probably mm -hmm. think that economic activity is going to increase. But already, hey, listen, have you been paying attention? Were you out this weekend? Are you noticing the roads are more crowded? Are you noticing that the parking lots are more crowded? Are you noticing that the lines to shop are more crowded? If you've taken a flight, have you noticed the planes are more crowded? We are doing what we always do, adapt. So us as human beings, we went through this, we kind of First, we were a little bit in denial. Then we we're kind of scrambling. We we're fearful. But then what the normal progression is of just the, the normal psychology is you start to emerge, you start to adapt, you start to accept the new normal, and you start to do the best you can. That's happening right before your eyes right now. What does that mean? Demand is going up. If you learned anything from Economics 101, you know that price is determined based upon level of demand and supply. Where they intersect is what price is generated at. So when you discover a price, if you've got a lot of demand, not enough supply, prices go up. And that's what's happening right now. Why? Because you have demand rising, people are adapting. But meanwhile, the supply chain's not there. Why is the supply chain not there? Because you have 29 million Americans out of work and collecting some sort of a benefit. Now, I know you might see the things about 8.4% unemployment rate. Don't believe that, okay? There are 29 million people that are receiving pandemic unemployment insurance or some sort of unemployment insurance and the standard unemployment benefits. When you marry them together, 29 million people means that this is about 25 million people more that are not working, that we're accustomed to working. Who is gonna fill those roles? Now, when you think about it, even if the jobs were there, a lot of people are hesitant to come back because they say, listen, I could collect pandemic unemployment assistance for nine months. Now for us listening to this, you might say nine months, man, that's a short period of time, I gotta get out there. But they may have the psychology that say, oh, that's nine months, I don't have to get back to work. So the other thing you have to think about is the fact that maybe they just need to. Maybe it saves them a lot of money between childcare, dry cleaning, transportation, tolls, 
you know, all of the expenses that they would have had if they were working, they may be making a lot more money in this particular scenario. And that could be a good alternative for them. So in the interim, we could see prices rise. How does that affect interest rates? It causes inflation. Inflation means that prices are going up at a faster pace. That means that if you're holding a mortgage, imagine you guys gave me a mortgage, right? So here you are, you gave me a mortgage and I'm paying you every month. Let's say I pay you on time. It's 2000 bucks a month you're getting from me. So you take, get that $2,000 check for me and you go out and you take a shopping list of things that you're going to get with that $2,000. And this, you get the check, you buy your $2,000 worth of stuff. Next month, maybe you get the same stuff. But over time, maybe by next year, you notice I can't get everything on that shopping list. I used to because why? Things cost more. It's inflation causing prices to go up. So you're getting your, your buying power eroded. If inflation rises at a faster rate, your buying power erodes more rapidly, means that the loan that you have isn't going to be as attractive. You can't do anything about past loans you've done, but future loans, what do you start to do? The only way I could protect myself from that more rapid erosion is to start off with a higher interest rate so I get more money coming in to kind of ward off that more rapid erosion due to inflation. Because of this, I see interest rates making a little bit of a move higher in the near future. It's always hard to tell exactly when. But if we get virus news or we start to see this inflation, rates are going to start to gradually increase. And if you're not acting responsibly now as a borrower and getting your paperwork in, you can miss this opportunity. So have this talk with them. Explain, listen, yeah. there are things that can cause rates to go up. You need to be on top of it and get in there now. And by the way, if somebody's looking for a lower rate and they're going to try and move away from you, or if they're saying I should wait, do the math for them. Because if they close right now, They'll start saving money right now, even if it takes them an extra two months to go somewhere else. And who knows if the loan will come through or if rates don't change. But even if they're able to capitalize on that, what about the money they would have saved for this two months? That incremental increase, it'll take them a long time, sometimes two to three years to make up for the two months that they would have lost out on the savings. And this holds true with any situation, even somebody waiting on the sidelines. So let's say with the pause, I love your perspective, man. That's like one of the best things I appreciate talking to you about is just, you know, the veteran that has the good perspective. And so thank you for sharing that. But let's stay with the long-term and also capitalizing on both purchase and refi. So part of the long-term game is having a good housing market in the future. You talked about on the update today, you basically refuted the market watch article that was pointing towards a housing bubble. For those that missed the update, can you give us the Reader's Digest, which is really good news, by the way, guys. Yeah, so, so we're seeing a lot of these people. Look, the, the media doesn't care about the truth. The media just cares about eyeballs. And people, you, know, you watch the 11 o'clock news, not like the anchor gets on and says, man, things are so great out there. No, it's always doom and gloom and horrible. Why? Because as human beings, it activates the amygdala, which is a portion of your brain that immediately responds to fear and elevates your awareness. Why? So you could recognize patterns and protect yourself in the future. Yep. Because if you notice a bad pattern, you protect yourself. So what we do is as we as the media talks about this stuff, they know it garners eyeballs, then they can charge more for advertising. So they have no interest in the truth. They want to give a sliver of the truth with a lot of sensationalism to try and scare you. And that's how they suck you in. So of course, now you're hearing these idiots talk about housing <laughs> bubble, housing bubble. Okay. First of all, the pace of sales on existing homes was the best since 2006, when you had double the amount of inventory available. Inventory's dropped by 19% compared to where it was last year. Could you imagine if you had that inventory, how many more sales you'd be doing? The housing market, as we've been saying to you, is on fire. Do not listen to these people. There are simply many more buyers than there are sellers. All those people that are aging that would have gone into long-term care facilities, they're not going there to die from COVID. So what Very they're doing true. is those, those houses are staying on the market. People are going into more expensive areas because they can now work from home. They don't have to be in the city. So while certain cities might see a little bit less interest at the current time, makes sense. 
the vast majority of markets are seeing explosiveness in the amount of demand and prices going up. So the appreciation levels are going to be true. It's the best way to create wealth. So what do you do as a loan originator is you have to show them that, show them the forecast. If 56% of homes have a bidding war, that's why we created the bid over ask tool to show mm -hmm. people how long it would take to get that bid over. Why you have your own AVM built into MBS Highway, so you can use that AVM and see what the values are and then see kind of where they're going by using things like the real estate report card, the appreciation. When you have this ability, then you really start acting as their advisor and show them how they're gonna create all this wealth through real estate. It's still gonna be the best way to go. Stocks, really expensive right now. They're due for a big, a big move lower, who knows when, but they're really pricey right now. Bonds, they could be attractive, but you need interest rates to go a lot lower and with inflation, maybe not a good place to go. Where are you gonna put your money? One of the best places to be is in real estate right now. This is a great place for people to be. And I think it will continue into the future. So if you're an originator, you wanna focus on the purchase market. You wanna help that realtor, but you also need to service your people on refinances. So this is your time to raise your game, to do everything well, to be hitting on all cylinders. To this is your time right now. This is the time where you don't want to look back on the six months from now and say, man, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done that. Yeah. I wish I would have been planning for the purchase market, or I wish I would have done more. This is your time to really change your family's life and put away enough money. Make sure, by the way, are you putting away money? I mean, is that what you're doing? Because you need to be. Jake, hey, you know, Barry and I will go for hours because this is just how we do it. But I want to let you, <laughs> let you guys talk a little bit as well. I have one more piece of good news that uh, Barry shared last week that I want to make make sure it gets out. But Jake, any any comments on all of that that, that we discussed over the last 10 minutes? Why don't you do that? And then I'll take it home, Ryan, because okay. we promised people we'd get out of here at 2.15 and I want to be, I know how busy they are. Barry's talking about raising the bar in both purchase and refi. So we know that no one has any time. So I'll let you it. take it and then I'll bring us home. So last piece of good news you shared last week, and, and I, I might butcher this, Barry, so uh, clean it up for me, but you shared that there's still 20 million people still after all that's happened this year that could benefit from a refi. And I think you quantified that with 720 scores, 20% equity, and saving three quarters of a point. I read that and it just didn't seem real, but I'm get, I trust you, man. I'm guessing so that's here, accurate. So, so here we go. Yeah, this is a statistic we've been talking about for quite some time, and I, I reiterated it last week, and I'm so glad. And Ryan, you never butcher. You always get it right, brother. So here's the thing, is that if you were to take a look at the available refinance market today, you've got essentially 20 million candidates, 20 million loans you could refinance under the following terms. Number one, they're right now current on their mortgage. That's a big thing. Number two, at least a 720 FICO. Now, it's a bigger market because you could do because you can do loans for people with less than a 720. Yep, right. At least an 80 LTV. Hey, it may make sense to do a 90 LTV refund, but we're even like discounting that. And FICO score of seven, to, uh, I'm sorry. And with respect to the amount that they could save at least three quarters of a percent on their loan. Now, it may make sense in many cases to refinance somebody with a half a percent savings, right? So we right. are excluding a big segment of the market and we yeah. still have 20 million loans that fit into this premium box, okay? Now, if you take an average loan size of let's say 250, what you've got is $5 trillion of available mortgages to be refinanced. Let's Jeez. put that in perspective. Wow. So number one, today you're running around like a chicken without a head. Mm -hmm. The refinance market this year in record setting pace is gonna be about one and a half trillion. 
there's five trillion on the sidelines. That's why I'm saying you can be, you can afford to be judicious. Don't take that loan that's going to gum up yeah. the system for you and your teammates. Preach. Take, and, choose. And, and by the way, if you're not getting a lot of loans, what are you doing wrong? Are you using social media? Are you posting videos? Are you using yeah. the tools within Movement Mortgage? Are you using some of the stuff in the MBSI? Because what you need yeah. to really be doing right now is slamming it home right now. That's what you need to be doing. Love so it. this is this is why I talk about like like the best time ever in the mortgage industry. And if rates do get dialed up, that's going to calm down quite a bit. But this is really an incredible time. Love cool. it. Ryan, thank you so much. Barry, just real quick parting shots, uh, because, you know, you talk about raising the bar and I'll just say it for you. MBS Highway is a great tool to help loan officers get there. I, I got to say, though, it has been a joy watching you uh, talk and hammer through this with the word money just sitting right over your head the entire time. <laughs> So can you please, can you please just really quickly plug the book uh, and also CMA? I mean, this is 24 hours old and it, it's, it's setting the internet ablaze. Yeah. So um, Money in the Streets, October 27th release date. I'm really proud of this book. Um, it's gotten some wonderful reviews and it's sold in, you know, pre-orders just thousands of thousands. So, so the publisher is really excited about it too, but it's because it's really good content. Look, if you're going through a tough time, we all do. Okay. All of us, no matter who you are, we all suffer. Okay it'll help you. And if you're going through a great time, it'll help you maximize it, which is really important because when you think about it, if you take your best of times, the difference between changing your life and the lives of those you love is taking those opportunities, those maximum times in your life and really cranking it up and taking advantage of those. Because when you really want to soar is when you got that big win behind you. Okay. And right now you got a big win behind us while we talk about that. So it'll help you with that but mostly it'll just help you see opportunities. There's opportunities all over everywhere. Mm. People just don't see them. It's an art form. You can be trained and taught how to see opportunities. And that's what the book really tries to do. And it's an easy read too. It's a lot of fun. It's an easy read. So you'll enjoy that. CMA. So listen, um, I've been really blessed. I've created a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of tools that are out there, a lot of things. And this is, I'm most proud of creating this. You know, we've got a great team that certainly helped. Of course, it's not all me, but I've wanted to do this for a long time and it's something that I really believe in that's being an advisor. And if you want to sound like I do to your customers, we took kind of what I've learned over the past 30 plus years. I can't believe I'm that old, but we take all that stuff and crammed it into eight hours, which you can do bite-sized pieces. You've got to sit there for eight hours. Although many people say they couldn't stop because it was just so mind blowing, but you take little half hour segments, it's for real deal. And you get a great certification that you should be very proud of, but mostly having that knowledge well, this game is about conversation to application, and that'll increase your numbers. Awesome. Barry, missed it by a minute. Oh, hey, no, we're good. Barry, thank you so much. Ryan, you're the man. Jen Bates, who's off camera, produced this whole thing, put it together. Thank you, Jen Bates. I'm Jake Failing. Thanks for watching. More On Deck with Barry coming soon. Thanks for listening to the Mortgage Impact Podcast. Take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. You can also check out the video version of our show on the Movement Mortgage YouTube channel. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity and MLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This podcast featured Movement Mortgage Loan Officer Ryan Hills, NMLS number 332336.